2: And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. You you feel this this
3: nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone
2: call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls? Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to PackerNet After Dark. It's the show where you call and leave a message and... I answer it. And we talk about it. Sometimes we talk about the Packers. Sometimes we talk about peanut butter and jelly. Sometimes we talk about. I don't. I honestly have no idea. Sometimes what's going on with this show, but we just we just muffle through it, mumble through it, mum mum some kind of mum word through this situation, and then I post it and you listen to it. So, let's get started with our first caller, Neil from Texas. What's going on, playa?
0: Hey, Ryan. Kneel down in Texas, but you know me best as pack rats on social media, so we'll just go with that in the future.
2: Sounds
0: uh, good. Me, the callers seem to like to talk about movies, so I figured I'd make my first call about movies. There you go. This time of year, I find myself searching out football movies in particular so I can gear up for the season and get all excited and everything. I'd love to know what are your favorite fictional and non-fictional football movies? For me, if I'm flipping channels, I can't go past three places without stopping and watching as far as uh non fictional this just earlier this year, I watched American Underdog for the first time, which of course is the story about Kurt Warner fabulous, fabulous movie. I loved it, but I'd like to hear what you enjoy. Thanks for taking my call and uh keep up the good work bye
2: so i I get it um. I understand where people are coming from. I'm not big on a lot of football movies. Um, I don't enjoy a lot of them. So I don't, I used to do this thing where I'd start playing Madden kind of for the same reason. It kind of gets you into the, into the mood, you know, gets you into that, that spirit. But I know a lot of people reference, you know, football movies a lot. I just, I don't, you know, We Are Marshall is fine. I don't really want to watch it again. I know Remember the Titans is a very good movie, and I know I liked it a lot. I haven't—it's maybe one of those things where I feel like I don't want to watch it, and I'm sure if I do, it'll be fine, but I just don't want to watch it. You know, I don't have that, like, oh, I should watch that again. Waterboy is a good movie, but it's not, like, something that's going to actually get you excited about football. I don't like Varsity Blues. I'm kind of burned out on Rudy. You know, Rudy is a good movie, but I, I don't really want to watch it again. Blindside I thought was a bad movie. I like Little Giants, but again, not super football-y. It's more nostalgic for the fact that I liked it when I was a kid. Never seen Draft Day. Heard it wasn't a very good movie. Um, Any Given Sunday is a very good movie, but again, I don't really remember much about it. I just know I like Al Pacino in that movie. But again, I I just, if if somebody was like, hey, you want to sit down and watch Any Given Sunday, be like, eh, I guess, I don't know. None of these are really movies that get me super jacked up. Longest Yard, I'm not a big fan of. Um, just looking at where is, uh, the replacements, eh. I, I, that was one of those where it was back in the day when you had like satellite TV and they had like the movie channels and it would be the same movies on all the time. Replacements would be on and I've seen that probably like 10 times. So it's a combination of it's not that good and I'm burned out on it at the same time. Moneyball, never seen it. I know that's more of like a draft time thing maybe, I don't know. And I, su- supposedly people really like it. I haven't seen it. Don't really have a desire to. Haven't seen the movie that you referenced. I'm trying to think what other movies there are. Checking Rotten Tomatoes, but that site's kind of stupid. Longest Yard, I think, is kind of a terrible movie, to be honest. Oh, you know what's a really, really good movie? I just thought of it. I can't think of the name of it, though. Let me see if I can find it on this list. Of course, it's not going to be on the list of movies that I really like that are football movies. Oh, Jerry Maguire's a good movie. That's a very good movie. But again, it's not like a football-y movie, but fantastic movie. It's not on the list. Was what it, what it Grey Ghost or something? Everybody's All-American. Again, it's not on any of these lists as, like, best football movies. That is a phenomenal movie. And again, give me a John Goodman movie and I'll, I'll, I'll watch. Dude, I want to watch that right now. Such a good movie. So there you go. There's my answer. That's, that's, it's not one that I watch to get fired up about football, but um, if I had to pick, like, best football movie, it might be Everybody's All-American. And it's one that, like, I don't think anybody ever talks about it. You've probably seen it. If you haven't, you need to see it. It's glorious it's it's I think one of my issues with a lot of the football movies is they're not actually well that's not true Everybody's all American is good Rudy's good uh the Denzel One is pretty good like the acting and whatnot. but a lot of these movies are just not good movies it's It's supposedly good because it's football, but as far as like being a movie, just being good for its for its own sake they're they're not very good but yeah i gotta I gotta find that one Everybody's all American is glorious. next up we got uh Mr. Unknown again.
1: Hello, strong man. Hey. It's Dope Star Wanoo. I am living the life. All right. This single life
3: is the cat's pajamas.
2: <laughs> okay.
3: Now I can do whatever I want. I'm calling for advice.
2: All right.
1: What hobby should I start? So bored.
2: So, um, Homestyle Auto, I think, is the name. We're going with just to get everybody caught up. If you're new to the show, um, had a really attractive girlfriend that he did not appreciate and wanted to break up with. Um, I gave him some advice on that. Apparently he followed through and does not, does not have a girlfriend. And, um, yesterday he, we, he introduced his cat to the show and today he needs a hobby. Um, it's kind of hard because that's sort of a personal thing. You know, I don't know what you're into. I would start with, um, something simple. I don't know. I don't I don't have a lot of hobbies, so I don't I don't know about uh, do you watch football homestyle? We haven't really established that. Are you are you a Packer fan or anything? You could come hang out with us. I mean, I'm assuming you are. You call into a football show, so I'd I i do not know. Tell us about yourself, homestyle auto or whatever. See if we can get more information and, and help out with a with a hobby. Give me some give me some hints as to stuff you like to do. Next caller. Hello. Hey. is Ryan. Yep, you're on. You're on the air. Ryan. Hey. This is scuba Steve, <laughs> hello, um, hello, scuba Steve. I was
3: calling. I only have one question. Oh boy. Uh, my question is: as a Lions fan, should I feel like I got a partial Super Bowl win because Matthew Stafford won last year?
2: Yeah. My
3: second question. I get it.
2: Hold up, hold up. So you're a Lions. I appreciate the Lions fans calling it. Well, I guess uh, what's his name, Justin. Justin, is it? Yep, there he is. Justin is not a Lions fan, but. Um, it's probably the J.J. influence getting all the Detroiters to call. But anyways, um, I, 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 I want to give you that one. I really do. I, I want to be able to be like, you know what? Yes, he, he's your guy. He won a Super Bowl. So there's kind of like that degrees of separation thing that kind of gets you there. But again, the, the biggest issue is the fact that he won it after he left. Which is sort of a negative for your team because you've had them for all these years. The Rams had them for one year and they they went right to the Super Bowl. So I don't want to take it from you if you, if you if you can get there mentally and emotionally, spiritually, if you can convince yourself that that's a thing, just go ahead and take that as a win because I don't think you're getting anything else to be honest. At least not for our lifetimes. I'm I'm not sure, but um, yeah, yeah. Just just go ahead and take that one. What's your next question?
3: Is um, how many car warranties should I have? Because I got a phone call saying yeah. I was out of out of warranty, and I got three car warranties now. Right, and I wonder what's a good number to have. Sure, because yeah, they called me again. Right. So, um, yeah. Persistent. Thanks for answering my three questions. Yep. And,
2: uh Yeah. Bye. Yeah, I think that's I think that's two questions. Um. So the the, the thing is with those guys, they're a little bit pushy. And so you got to draw a hard limit. I, I I draw the line at about five. I currently have five, um, because, well, because I'm not a sucker. First and foremost, and 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 you got to stand up to these people. You know what I mean? I mean after after three, four, five, six, seven, because I only have seven. You got to draw the line and say I've got enough. I, I'm covered. You know because I, I I'm getting the impression they want to take advantage of you. You know I mean I, I don't I don't want to think low of anybody. I'm sure they're great people. But, um, you know, after the 19th call and after explaining to them, I I think seven or eight is enough or nine, then, you know, and they keep pushing it. I I just I just I had to put my foot down. I don't like to do that, but I had to put my foot down. So I I would draw the line around uh, around a dozen or so. But it's up to you. Next caller, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, Brian from Connecticut. What's going on? Uh, With all the hype around
4: uh, Tom, i right. curious if he really is the real deal. Any
2: chance that Elton... I thought you meant the, the Tom, the other host. So, Zach Tom you're talking about. I'm sorry, go ahead. This is
5: not a tackle when he comes back. Any chance they stick him back at guard or possibly even center?
2: I interrupted so let me explain. Tom is the real deal. Is there any chance we put him at tackle put Elton at guard or center? Is is where we're at so far.
4: And have Tom and Bocciari be the tackle. One of your
2: thoughts. Thanks. I'm not there right now. I, I think Zach Tom, I mean, I, I still have him below Yash in terms of what I think they think of him. Um, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm not that excited. I think there's time left to kind of get him to that point. And even at that point, I think the future for Zach Tom, best case scenario, is to be a tackle with Elton Jenkins. I don't know that we kick him inside. But to your point, let, let's just, let's just. Throw it out there hypothetically. Let's say Zach Tom is David Bakhtiari today. What do you do with him? I don't know that you don't put Bakhtiari and Tom at tackle and put Elton Jenkins on the inside. Because we know Elton Jenkins is a Pro Bowl guard. So why wouldn't you put David Bakhtiari at left tackle, John Runyon at guard, Josh Myers at center, Elton Jenkins at, at right guard, and and uh, Zach Tom at right tackle? I think you would. The, the, only, the only issue is I don't think Zach Tom is there. Especially even... Even if he's playing at an ultra high level, which I just highlighted for, well, it's tomorrow's episode. I just got done recording it. But um, he got whooped twice in a row by Jonathan Garvin. That's not exactly Pro Bowl caliber stuff. I mean, it happens. Everybody loses a couple reps here and there. But I think just from a mental standpoint, they would have some potential concerns. But um, I guess I wouldn't completely rule it out as an option, but I'm, I'm halfway ruling it out. Here's, here's the final thought on that. Elton Jenkins isn't coming back for a while, so there is an opportunity. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but let's just say David Bakhtiari isn't out there week one, so you've got two open tackle spots, so it's Yash and Zach Tom, right? Let's just say. I don't know that that's the case, but let's say that is the case. If Zach Tom does a good enough job in that period of time so that when David Bakhtiari comes back, they decide to play him over Yash, that's a major step. And then you've got a situation where you've got Bakhtiari and Zach Tom and depending on how good Zach Tom is for the next three, four, five, six weeks when Elton Jenkins hopefully comes back, now we're kind of in that in that conversation where let's say Zach Tom is one of the better tackles let's say he's a let's just say he's a top 15 tackle in the NFL. I don't think it's entirely out of the question that we say, you know what let's put Elton in at guard because the only other alternative uh, I mean you could try him at guard even though we have not let him take a single snap at guard. We don't know if he can do it. Um, you're removing a top 15 guard and putting him in, at a spot that we don't know that he can thrive. So the only other option aside from that would be to just take him off the, off the, the to put him on the bench, which doesn't make any sense. So it's, it's a massive long shot, but, but I can see a kind of a glimmer there of, of a path. And again, it starts with getting opportunities in the regular season and absolutely maximizing and capitalizing on that right out of the gate, which is, again, kind of unlikely, but who knows? Let's get to the other Tom, the, the more important Tom, who didn't call yesterday and now only has one call today, so I'm a little concerned at uh, what's going on. But let's see how Tom's doing, see, make sure he's doing okay.
1: Hello, Ryan. This is Thomas Austin calling in to Backman After Dark.
2: See, even, something's wrong, man. Something's wrong. He doesn't have that same fire. I'm, I'm, I'm saddened. Got a couple questions. All right. Question number one. Okay.
1: Is, if you could. Bring back any former Packer okay. we're still playing, you know, reasonable. Who would you bring back? One season only, just to have them stop in, help us win a Super Bowl, get a ring, and then they can go back to the team that they that we took them from. All right, question number two.
2: So this is a guy that's still in the league that I want to come back home. And win a Super Bowl with us. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is Micah Hyde. He didn't have a massive career here, so it's not, you know, Randall Cobb would make the most sense, but he's already here. Just in terms of a guy that had a long Packers career that you kind of want to to be able to win. But, you know, Micah Hyde would be cool because even though he's at this point more of a Bill than a Packer, um, it would be very cool to bring him home and, and to get that level of play and all that kind of stuff. Um, who else is out there roaming around? MBS just left, and i yeah. Kevin King, I guess, I don't know. I'm trying to think, Taysom Hill is, is you know, I don't know. I am a Dexter Williams fan, so I wouldn't hate that. J.K. Scott, I know that's a sore subject, especially with trying to fix special teams, I'm just saying, I was also a Scott fan. Kevin King, I mentioned. Oh, Jamal. Jamal might be the right answer. I mean, outside of Micah Hyde in terms of the strategy of it all and, and him being a good player, but Jamal is a Packer. Jamal's Jamal's the answer. That's the right answer. I'm glad I took the time to look it up. There you go. All right, next question, sir.
1: Two is, how many Super Bowls, realistically, how many Super Bowls do you think the Packers have a chance at winning in your lifetime? So this is also a question thinking of how long you're going to live. Right. Weird way to put it, but someone had to. Not really. Uh, question.
2: All right. So that is that is the first part of this, is how many years am I going to be alive? So I'm 35, 45, 55, 65, 75-ish. I think at at this point you can reasonably expect 85. I think if you look at the tables based on assuming I'm already 35. So let's let's say I'm alive for 50 more years. If they win one every 20 years, there's like two more Super Bowls. Two to three. But there's no guarantee that you would win one even every 20 years because... If Rodgers leaves and we just suck for 20 years, then there's zero for 20 years, and that's not impossible. And even if you're good, as we've seen, you know, 30 years of being good uh, equated to two Super Bowls. But, uh, yeah, I, I I guess two, which is an important question because, you know, as, um, as I've tried to get perspective out to the masses, people are upset that, you know, the Packers don't win— Again, constantly complaining that despite having a really good year, despite a great record and a great season and winning all these games and being able to cheer and being excited, we didn't win a Super Bowl, so the whole thing was a waste. Dude, you've got maybe two left in your entire, two Super Bowls in your life left ever. If you're just only going to be happy those years, your life sucks. Two days in 50 years? No thank you. So I'll say two.
1: Number three Final one for the night uh, is uh, How was Episode Without Me? thought I'd just do it just to give people a break.
2: All right. Bye. It was sad and it was depressing, and you only called in once, and I'm sad and depressed. So that's the honest answer. Um, We got two from Jacob, and then I think we're going to take a break after that. We don't have a ton of calls, so I am doing it. It's not that early. We'll see if anybody else comes in, but we'll do our two from Jacob. We'll take a break.
5: All right, Jacob here. This is the first time I've actually called in. heated, mad, no lie, legit. Oh, boy. I'm listening right now to Packers After Dark after I just got off a 12-hour shift at a smokehouse. Really worried. Well, we have to prepare meats yep. 24 hours in advance and yep. just hope that everybody who comes in is just happy that we have just enough meats for them. And then they get the order from DoorDash, who sucked. And then they get the order from <laughs> other people that do call in orders. So, like, we have catering stuff, that that we have to account for that, too. So, basically, we have to... Bust our ass every single day. I have to do the bleep button. Sorry, Ryan. I'm, I'm really going off. And you guys think that just because you call in, it's not freaking Burger King, man. It's not freaking Subway. It's not even like anything that you can call ahead the same day and be like, I expect you to have this order for me. Yeah. It's not even close to that. It's high-quality meats. They're right. like smoked. Slow. No. For hours, my friend.
2: Right. Hours.
5: And and and, and to, oh, to have the hubris and the... Ah, the goal to call and be like, we had a lady today who called and she's like, I need 180 wings. And I was like, oh, cool, like a week from now? And she's like, nah, at 6 o'clock, it was 5.15. (laughs) I had to laugh and she probably will never be a customer again. But you know what? I don't care, man. Yes, you tip. It depends on the restaurant. If it's people that are actually doing everything, working in line, seeing that they do everything. We clear our own tables. We do all that kind of stuff. We prepare little meats. We do all the DoorDash, we do call-ins, everything. You have to pick your restaurants. Pick and choose, my friend. Anyways. <clears throat> what's up about the Packers and stuff. That's cool.
2: All right, have a good night. You're mad about the tipping thing? I'm not... Here, here's, like the caller said, I tip for service. All right? I'm not saying that you're not making a lot of good... You do make food. But guess what? When I go out to a restaurant, when I go to a smokehouse... I don't go back in the kitchen and tip the guy smoking the meat. Now, maybe you get a small cut of the tips. I have no idea. Again, that that was my question to begin with, is who's getting this tip? But I tip the server because I'm sitting there and they're waiting at my beck and call. And on top of that, they don't get like an hourly rate, which is stupid. I wish you would just pay them an hourly rate so I don't have to tip them because this whole system is stupid, but whatever. Then I guess the price of everything would go up. So it all just kind of comes back to me in the end anyways. But the entire point of tipping, aside from they don't make a real wage, is the fact that I'm sitting there going, "Uh, waitress, more water, please. And they got to come by and fill our waters and they got to get us refills and are you doing anything and and taking all our order and they're doing all this stuff for us where we can just sit there and get our food. I'm not tipping the cooks. I'm not tipping the owner. I'm not tipping the busboy. I'm tipping the server for serving. And if I can bypass the server from serving me, then I don't have to tip. It's one of the perks, one of the many perks. So it was it was a very passionate um, plea, but I I will not be tipping when I walk in the door. Again, I, and I very rarely do it, but like the only time I can think of doing it is when I go to like Cheesecake Factory and I'll go pick up a cheesecake. And you did say it depends on the restaurant, I guess, but I'll go pick up a cheesecake and sometimes I'll pre-order it. Sometimes I'll do it right when I'm standing there, but the result is the same They say, what kind of cheesecake? And I point at it and they scoop one and put it in a container and put it in a bag and then I walk out. They print out the same receipt and say, how much of a tip would you like to leave? And I laugh that that would even be on this receipt because I'm not tipping you for scooping a piece of cake into a cardboard thing and handing it to me. And again, I get it, you do more than that. But even if I went to a smokehouse, if I went to your restaurant and I sat down, I've never once tipped the guy who's been slaving away over wings since, you know, early in the morning. It's not on the receipt. I, I, I have one person to tip and that's the server. So again, very passionate plea, but I, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And yeah, you've had to deal with jerks and so have I, but I don't get tipped either. <laughs> I, I have to deal with doctors that treat me like garbage. I don't get tipped for that. People at drive throughs get treated like garbage all the time. They don't get tipped. Lots of people get treated like trash and have to work long hours. I dealt with it when I was landscaping. I never got a tip. Well, I, I did occasionally get people to bring me like water bottles and stuff, which was nice, but you don't get tipped for that stuff. So I uh, I have not been sold. And also, sorry for not going back and bleeping it, but this has been such a long time and I just am not in the mood. So it's some, we're going to have to kind of get over the after dark thing, maybe having Jacob cause some problems. Also, another reason why I'm not giving you a tip. Jacob, what else you got, man?
5: Why, this is this Conor McGregor? Oh, jeez. I, I can't believe he'd be talking to me in such simple ways. The oldest I ain't seen the movie, right? I'm the king. I can't believe that you even think that Clayton would not like the way that I talk. Anyways, I'm the king. <laughs> and Conor McGregor. I, I, I just can't believe you. Do you think that Conor McGregor can't act? Have you seen me fight? Like not in the last, year, you know, like four, five, six. Before that, pretty, pretty good,
2: pretty good. and mash. The the most convincing thing about that Irish accent is the fact that I couldn't understand any of it. So um, that part of it was be- believable. If you're going to do an Irish accent, just really slur your words together and make it incomprehensible. Because then at least Americans will be like, "Wow, that sounds legit." Because that's I just don't know, you know. But when, when you enunciated it, it, it got a little rough there. But no, I'm, I'm not going to do it either because I you know I like to do impressions when I'm alone in my car, but not not like on the podcast and stuff. Anyways, uh, another good spot to take a break, so we're going to do that. Please remember to head over to pristineauction.com, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, auction.com, the most trusted sports memorabilia auction site with an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. They have over a 1,000 autographed items starting at just $1 every single day. So you're going to win signed, authentic signatures at affordable prices. They've got incredible deals. People are winning every single day. And they've got just about everybody. So you go on there, look at Packer stuff. They're going to have a ton of Packer stuff. Every single item that you buy on PristineAuction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators and... If you sign up, make sure you use promo code ROGERS. The first item that you win, you're going to get $10 off of that purchase. So you, if you get that $110 jersey, you're going to get it for $100, even better, bonus. But on top of that, when you use promo code ROGERS, you're going to be entered to win a signed Quay Walker jersey. And if you win that, that's going to be pretty awesome. So please, please, please head over to pristineauction.com. Use promo code ROGERS to get the $10 off and to be entered to win a signed Quay Walker jersey. Go and do it right now. All right, Goose. What's going on, man? Hey, Ryan. Goose here. Just calling him with another
0: random hopeful thought. But I was listening to me and he talked about Jordan Lowe and how they were praising him yesterday for his uh, camp so far this year and the improvements he's made. And a lot of people seem to feel that the Vikings won that draft. Imagine how bad it would have to suck for Vikings fans. If Jordan Love turns out to be a good QV, will they have really won the draft or not? I'd like to hear you break that down.
2: So I got to look back at what the Vikings did. Um, of course I closed the tab. I was Oh no, I didn't. It's right here. The draft for the Green Bay Packers in which we got Jordan Love, and I know it wasn't a very popular one, but uh, Jordan Love, A.J. Dillon, Josiah Aguara, Kamal Martin, John Runyon, Jake Hansen, Simon Stepniak, Vernon Scott, and Jonathan Garvin. To be honest, I think this year is starting to make that draft class look better than ever. Uh, Jordan Love's still very skeptical, but he's having his best season. A.J. Dillon is one of the better running backs in football. Josiah DeGuara is starting to look pretty legit. Kamal's gone. John Runyon is a starting left guard and is starting to be recognized as a very high-quality guard. Jake Hansen is even starting to get starting guard reps. Um, Stepniak is also gone, but that was by his own decision. Vernon Scott is basically safety three right now. Jonathan Garvin may end up being like edge four-ish. I don't know, five-ish probably more realistically, but you know, he might end up being edge three. I think, I forgot who it was. Somebody says they think he's probably edge three. So that's what the Packers did in 2020. Let me take a look at what the Vikings did in 2020. So Justin Jefferson, obviously, uh, Jeff Gladney is. Well, he unfortunately actually passed away. He went to the Arizona Cardinals, and then uh, just, what was it, May 30th died in a car accident. Ezra Cleveland is playing, I believe, left guard, doing a pretty decent job. Cam Dansler is a decent corner. Um, DJ Wonham is playing probably edge three-ish. Um, K.J. Osborne is wide receiver three. They had a billion picks as part of the issue here, but that was a fifth-round pick. That's pretty solid. Um I don't know if anybody else, I don't know if Kenny Willickis is doing anything. Doesn't actually look like he's on the team anymore. So yeah, I, I think it probably goes in the favor of the Vikings. I don't know about won the draft in terms of having the best ever. Um, obviously, Justin Jefferson is is the big one, right? So congratulations on that. Um, Ezra is solid. Dantzler is solid. Wonum is, I think, pretty decent. And then K.J. Osborne. But the, the general question of if Jordan Love turns out to be a good quarterback does it flip in favor of the Packers? Of course, I think it does, just because it's a it's a high-quality quarterback, which trumps everything. But even then, depending on how some of these guys pan out, it's still probably pretty close in terms of, you know, how many guys down the line we ended up hitting on. But I think that's going to be a big question, is how some of these guys, not just for the Packers, but also for the Vikings, pan out. You know, what has Wondham become? K.J. Osborne, this is going to be his, like, big year, you know, going into year three, kind of getting a more pronounced role. So I can't look at every single... Draft class, but it seems like it was it was pretty solid. More misses than hits, but that's that's normal. But yeah, there, there's just there's a lot of question marks that seem like they're maybe taking that third year jump, but we gotta kind of see fully what happens with the Packers here.
1: Hey,
2: Ryan, to... Oh yeah, that's right. Th- this call I had listened to this one before because it looks so weird. Um, really, really hard to hear. But let me just kind of summarize it for you. Um, Henry called. He thinks Kramer is one of the guys at the beginning. The intro, I think, is what you said. Kramer from Seinfeld. Uh, Not correct. But the question is, what's different about the Packers this year than last year that I should be excited about? Thank you. I I, I think, I mean, the the obvious answer is defense with with sort of 1B being special teams should be improved. But I, I just feel like it's overall a different team, and I think that's important because even... If you look at it and say, well, we had a solid defense last year, and we had a better offense, and we still lost. Why should I be excited about that? And and I've made this point before, too. We've tried with the strategy we had, and it wasn't working. So getting better and trying to improve something that was nearly perfect but still didn't work was just not it. You know, it would almost be like a stupid analogy, but, you know, we're trying to get a job done with a hammer, and it didn't work. So we go get a bigger hammer, and it doesn't work. And we get a better hammer, and it doesn't work. And we, and and now we're looking at it and saying, let's try a different tool. Maybe it's not the quality of the hammer. Maybe it's just the wrong tool. And so this is just a different team from the not just the quality of the defense, but the fact that it's defense-led, the energy of the defense. It's, it's going to be a different Rodgers. It's going to be a o- different offense. It's going to be different wide receivers. The way that we run the offense, the way Rodgers runs the offense, the 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 play designs and everything, it's all going to be different. The special teams is going to be different. It really is just a night and day different team than in 2021. And that doesn't mean necessarily better. I'm not trying to convince you that we're going to be way better and we're going to win a Super Bowl because it's different. But what I am telling you is, is the the thing to be excited about is we're not just trying to run back and do the same thing we've been doing the last three years that hasn't worked. We have a very good team and we're taking a different approach. And that's it. <laughs> So you, you, the, the bottom line is you should be excited about the fact that we have a very good team. And the fact that you don't really get to say yeah, well we had a good team last year because it's a very different team and a very different approach because I think from 2019 to 2020 to 2021 it was largely the same team with the same approach just just getting it better every year. This just feels entirely different, which makes it hard to kind of, I guess, analyze things. But it but it's also just a general positive because it's 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 no man's land but that's good because we need to do something different we need a new tool did we take a break already i can't remember i just did a hour-long thing with bruce and, and matt for packers without borders i don't know where we left off so if we didn't then we're not doing one today let's get to daryl in uh texas
6: hey ryan it's daryl from lubbock texas what? uh long time listener uh first time caller um you know I me. Mean, we have a lot of uh, the private message t- chats. Kind of missed that, but uh, I remember. Hey, uh, I'm listening to your podcast, man, and about the whole video game thing and translation onto the field. And as soon as listening to it, I immediately thought of MBS because he was a huge gamer, yep. and he was so sporadic on his play every season. It makes me wonder about the special weekends, the two time whatever it's called. If if that correlated when he would only come out and catch one ball for six yards. Uh, I appreciate it, Ryan. Uh, I plan on calling more. Bye, bub.
2: Hey, yeah, man. Yeah, I definitely remember, Daryl. you got a kid that plays football, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, hopefully I'm not because that would be embarrassing. But, um, you know, I, th- I think it's funny, and you did bring that up, and I definitely remember that. It, I, I remember there would even be videos of like, oh, man, I'm playing with MVS on front of the Packers. It's crazy. So he, he did it kind of regularly. But... um I think it's funny because I I can feel through the microphone people are getting angry because for some reason, stuff like this you're not supposed to say. Like, how dare you say that there's any correlation between him having a good time and him not being a good football player? I think it's absurd that that would even be controversial even a little bit. The idea that, you know, sitting up all night playing video games wouldn't hurt your performance on the field, especially when you're talking about being one of the greatest athletes of all time, you know, or, 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 you know, one of the premier people in the world at at anything, you know, I mean, you look at like CEOs like Elon Musk, and you see what he does. Do you think that guy plays video games? If he does, it's for like eight seconds, because he gets about two hours of sleep. And he works and he works and he works and he works and he works. Because if you want to be the best in the world at anything, you got to be a little bit crazy, right? It's like, you look at bodybuilders, there is not a single person that is standing on that stage that doesn't dedicate their life in a psychotic way to that one thing, that one thing. But for some reason, football fans, when it comes to football, it's like, just relax. Like, what's the big deal? Like they should be able to have their own life and they should, they shouldn't have to practice too hard. They shouldn't have to think too hard. They shouldn't have to do too much. Do you have any idea what it takes to be a bodybuilder? They're eating like, Eight times a day, and they're eating this psychotic food, and it doesn't—they don't like it. They hate the taste of it, and they force feed themselves these calories because they have to have them. On top of the massive amount of, of medical things they're putting in their body, the amount of pills—I mean, handfuls of pills—that they're taking, and working out two times a day in a psychotic fashion, and they're doing this every. There is not a, such a thing as a day off. There's no such thing. Arm wrestlers—they dedicate their. They're traveling all over the place. They dedicate their life to their exercise, their diet, their regimen, their training. But to be one of the greatest football players at one of the hardest positions of any sport to be a quarterback, to simply say, if you're playing video games all weekend, it's going to hurt your ability to be really good at it. There are people out there that are like, ugh, ugh, how dare you? It's not controversial. I'm sorry. If you want to be the best in the world at anything, especially this thing, like being a quarterback or in your case, a wide receiver, doesn't really matter. We're still talking best 1% of 1% of 1% in the world at this one thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. You got to be a little psychotic. The things you say yes to, the things you say no to, the things you dedicate your weekends, your days, your, your nights and your mornings to, the way you eat, the way you train, the way you sleep, it's a little crazy. You got Gymnasts, it's crazy what they go through. Anybody that that goes to the Olympics, it's insane. It's. A, I remember high school uh, wrestlers. I remember a guy in high school this one time, uh, it was in like a math class or something, and he had a little... I don't even know what you would call it. It was a tiny little capsule thing. The only thing I could think to describe it as would be, you know, like the little film canisters that, that like film would come in when you had like film cameras. It was like that. And somebody was joking around and stole it off his desk and ate this little like gummy that was in there. And that dude freaked out and almost killed him because he said that was the only food he had to eat all day. This is high school wrestlers. You look at like MMA, these, these guys, in M- I was watching that MMA show or whatever and the guy was overweight and they, they had him like cut, I think he had to lose like 20 pounds in a day and so they're putting like this, this sweat suit on him and they're putting him in a sauna and they're making him sweat and then they put him on a bike and then put him back in the sauna. He just needs to sweat out like 20 pounds or something crazy or 10 pounds in a day. I'm sorry. This is, this is what it takes to be one of the elite of the elite of the elite of the elite in every other category, in every category, in every facet of life. If you want to be better than normal, you have to be different than normal. And it's not enough to just be like, well, he's just naturally talented. I'm sorry, that's BS and that's not going to cut it. So yes, I'm going to criticize people who sit around and play video games. I'm not saying you can't do it, but if, if, there, if, if I think there's some kind of a correlation between you're spending all your weekends and every waking moment that you have free, going home, eating Doritos, playing Call of Duty, yeah, I'm going to be a little bit worried about your ability to compete with those kinds of psychopaths that do exist in the NFL, because those kinds of people with that kind of mentality do exist. And that's who you're going up against. Those corners that you're going to be going up against, those are the guys that don't play video games all night, and they are dedicating their entire lives to being the best corners in the entire world. I'm not talking about never having a good time in your life, but there has to be a singular focus, and that singular focus is being the greatest. I don't think there's ever been a person who just didn't care and accidentally stumbled into being the greatest. That doesn't happen. So, anyways, that's my, my rant of the day. Justin, what do you got for me, man?
4: Hey, Ryan. It's Justin. Um, I'm going to try to limit myself to one phone call today. All right. Um, so, what I wanted to know about is... Um, well. I've been referencing some stuff that you say in your other podcast because I'm listening to both of them. Nice. So when you're talking about the Call of Duty video game thing. Here we go. um, It seems like it wouldn't matter what the thing was, whether that was a video game addiction or whether you had like a messed up relationship life like with a female or whatever. It seems like anything could tank it, and you can kind of tell who the people are that are showing up ready for business, and they have their personal life in order so that they can do their job.
2: Pause. Exactly. And by the way, this is, people if you want another example of people getting angry, whenever you talk about Aaron Rodgers and his relationships, people lose their freaking minds. I'm sorry, but again, singular focus does not become your singular focus anymore when you start dating someone else. And I'm not saying it should... Obviously, you want to. if you're going to choose to be in a relationship, you need to be dedicated to that person. But it's going to have an effect on your ability to be psychotically, singularly focused on that one thing, right? So yes, absolutely, it can cause problems. If things are really good, it can cause problems because you're going out on dates and you're going out on, on this thing and you're meeting all the friends and you're meeting all the family and you're having some drinks and you're going to the movies and you're, you're doing things with her and you're not focusing on football. And, and I'm sorry, if you want to be good at football, you have to be practicing, and you have to be trying, and you have to be learning and growing in football, because you can't do two things at once unless, you know, this is like the movie Multiplicity, which is a fantastic movie, and you can kind of like split yourself off and be like, all right, you go take care of her, and I'll take care of this football thing, and then I'll be a great football player, and, you, and then somehow we kind of are the same. It's not, that, it's not how that works. Also, when things are negative, there's more fights, there's, and it gets up in your head, and then you're not playing as well, Yes. It's true of relationships, it's true of video games, it's true of absolutely anything that takes your focus off of being the most psychotic greatest person ever.
4: So my thoughts are is it feels like it's a coaching issue, like these people they get they get made they make tons of money and then they have a certain caliber of talent and I just feel like they get a pass on some of this stuff and maybe they're not held to the same standard that they should be. You know, it just feels like there's a lot of time spent talking about someone who sucks on the field, but they had really good looks in college, training camp, preseason, whatever, was good, and then all of a sudden they're finding ways to basically get slack and get lazy. I just feel like that that should be dealt with, like on the coaching staff side of things. And maybe they don't have any any way to do that. It almost feels like their hands get tied in some way because of the money that's spent and the caliber that they play to. I almost feel like they are stuck with it. There's not much they can do. I mean, what are they going to do? Bench a guy that they're paying millions and millions of dollars for to do X, Y, Z job? So I don't know. It, it seems like there's a problem and it's all revolving around the money.
2: Yeah, so I, I think maybe there was a time in which coaching could play a bigger role, but that time isn't today because the, the days which you, when you can yell at a guy and tell him stop being a lazy, fat piece of garbage are gone. You have to be nice to players now. You have to treat them with respect. Even if they're not doing things that are respectful, they demand respect. And you're right, because of the amount of money they have, they can look down their nose at you and um, they know that they have the full backing of the team. They know, for example, Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not saying he's doing anything wrong, but the amount of money that that guy's making, he could do whatever he wants and he's never going to be benched. And he knows that. And a lot of these players know that. And And they will throw a hissy fit and say, I won't play for this guy. And they're going to force their way off the team. So there's nothing really a coach can do the best thing you can do is try to appeal to their better nature and um, try to get them to see like, hey, this is going to be the best thing for you, even though you already got paid, which sucks. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know how else to get you to to care. I don't know. I I don't know. Try to teach them that you're acting like a small child and you need to be an adult Bill Belichick could probably get away with that. And he probably would bench people if he found out they were playing video games all day. It seems like, and that's the thing I think we saw with the Cardinals, is they tried to figure out how to navigate that. We can't yell at them. We can't cut them. We can't bench them. So why don't we just work out this contract? We'll give him everything he wants. But we'll just put in the stipulation that you got to be, you got to put in, what, four hours a week or something absolutely absurd, that that's what is expected. Um, But yeah, we'll just put that clause in there. And what happened? It blew up in their face. How dare you? How dare you. And they're like, "Okay, okay, okay I'm sorry." <laughs> that's that's why you can't do anything about it. Because how dare you tell him he needs to study? Okay. Well, there you go. So, I mean, you you paid him. I don't know. You, you deal with it, I guess. Uh, next caller, what do you got for me?
3: Hey, Ryan. Uh just listen to the podcast today. First, I want to thank you for uh teaching me the word capitulate, Sure. never knew that was a word, and I have a job interview in like 20 minutes, and I'm going to use that word somehow during the interview.
2: That's awesome, and also kind of cool that 20 minutes before an interview you're calling me, because usually I'm having a panic attack 20 minutes before an interview.
3: So, thanks. Yeah. Uh, Also, um, so I was listening to what Aaron Rodgers had to say yesterday during the interview, not that uh, the post-practice interview, not the ayahuasca interview. Right. And um he mentioned something about uh, training camp and these mini camps being a lot more important than the preseason because yep. you're going against, at least for offensive sake, because you're going against uh, real defenses that are actually, you know, trying to stop you as opposed to in preseason where you're going against what he said. what From what I remember, uh, like more of a generic defense that like, you know, it's pretty easy to break apart. Uh, just wondering what you think about that, if you think that maybe these camps are more important or if you think he's a little off-base
2: on that. Uh- he's going to move on to another question. So I addressed this exact thing in full detail, and I, I gave the exact quote that he did. I went through all his quotes, actually, or a lot of the quotes that he did in tomorrow's podcast, if you want to check that out. But this is one of them, and um, I 100% agree. And it, it kind of dovetails off of what I talked about in the other podcast about how people downplay training camp too much. And Aaron Rodgers said exactly that. Not only is training camp more important, and he, he highlighted especially the offense, maybe not so much the defense, but from his experience on offense, training camp is infinitely more important. Um, and yeah, the, the vanilla defense, but also one of the other points that I made is, you know, sometimes you got Jordan Love because we want to sit all our starters with backup offensive line, backup wide receivers, backup tight ends going up against starting defenses. And he says, in training camp, you don't do that. You have the ones going against the ones, the twos going against the twos, and in preseason, who knows? It's, it's all over the place. It's crazy. He said, also in training camp, you've got, you know, these these crazy blitz packages and all kinds of crazy stuff, and we're trying to do more creative things, and the defense is doing more creative things, and it's... The, the entire point is to get guys prepared, and that's it. So obviously, it's more geared toward getting you prepared, whereas preseason is a... It's a game, but it's, it's kind of a not... Important games, so that so everything's vanilla because they don't want to give anything away or any of their secrets or anything like that. But at the same time, they're just trying to get some... So, yes, I, I think it seems completely straightforward to me that, again, at least for the offense, it makes total sense. Defense with tackling and things like that, obviously that makes a, a bit of a difference. But even still, um, you know, with the the vanilla offenses and, again, the, the first-team, second-team discrepancies that might be caused in, in that... Um, I still think training camp is probably more important and, and beyond that. And again, the one thing I went on a a tirade about yesterday or the day before or whatever was, you know, people saying training camp just doesn't mean anything. And here's Aaron Rodgers basically saying it means a ton. It means everything as far as getting me up to speed, getting everybody else up to speed, really implementing what it is we're going to do and all that. It's massively important. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 was really glad to hear him say it because I kind of halfway said it the other day. Um, but to hear him say it specifically and, and, and to go so far as to say training camp is way more important than, than preseason games uh, was also great to hear. Anyways, continue. Uh,
3: also, uh, just wondering uh, would you ever do ayahuasca with Aaron Rodgers? Before <laughs> you say no, before you say no, I know you're saying no. Yep. Stop saying no.
2: Okay, sorry.
3: Let me finish. What
2: if the ayahuasca was really good? <laughs> All right, have a good day. Um, you know, th- there was a time in my life where I would say yes, but I'm in a time currently in my life where if I said yes to that, my wife would not be my wife anymore. And, uh, you know, I would also have a hard time looking at my kids and whatnot as far as like, yeah, I'm going to go do drugs in a mountain with a quarterback. Um, Can't really be doing that stuff. But again, there was certainly a time in my life when I would have um, – Even if it wasn't Aaron Rodgers, I'd have been probably curious enough. Although, again, I I don't know anything about it, but all I keep hearing about is your bodily functions really... I, I don't see the purpose of that. There's all kinds of psychedelic drugs out there in which that isn't a side effect, you know? Mushrooms, perfectly adequate. Lasts a long time, you're seeing things. You can stroke a bottle of orange juice for like two hours. Family guy is like coming out of the TV and putting on a performance in the living room. I don't know why you need to use ayahuasca and, you know, use your pants, your jeans, as a bathroom. I don't understand the benefit of that. So I I guess the answer for every reason is probably just no. John, what's going on, man? Hey, JJ. This is your
6: buddy, John, from Phoenix.
2: Hey, there. Um, Just wanted
6: to uh, state, you know, for the record, creamy peanut butter, strawberry jelly. Okay. Raspberry has its place, but for me, strawberry. I respect it. Anyway. uh,
2: I, I... it's it's very close, and there are probably times when, by the way, we've got some homemade strawberry upstairs that somebody gave us. Delicious, and i would probably take that over the raspberry, but it's just a preference thing. I, I prefer raspberry, but strawberry is, is right there with it. It's it's no different. As long as we're not trying to convince me grape is the way to go, because I just, I can't, we can't hang out if that's the thing.
6: Made tacos last night. Yep. Half beef, half chorizo, Oof. and uh, some uh, green chilies. Nice. So,
2: so I use, I, I've never put green chilies on a taco, but I, a lot of the hot sauces I love to use are the green chili hot sauces. Um, those are just my absolute favorite. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Um,
6: lastly, and you no, know, not least. Sure. Um, what are some of your favorite podcasts, whether they be uh Packers related or otherwise? Um, you know me i I like packers without borders i like you jj's good uh cetera, and so forth there are some that i can't listen to Mm because they're terrible but uh, i'd be interested to hear what you have to say all right i'll keep listening go Pat. go
2: packers with borders is good i was on uh i was on with them just like i said a little while ago so you should i think hear me on their show tomorrow ish or something like that um I do have to frequently turn it off when other people are in the room. I got kids, and it's like, well, I, can't, I guess I can't listen to that. I mean, headphones are fine, but you you, you got to make sure you got headphones in at home. Um, I've been on kind of a podcast hiatus recently just because I'm not feeling it too much. But I'm kind of all over the map. Depends on the mood. I used to really like the Dave Ramsey show, and then he started bringing in other hosts, and it's like, I can't do this anymore because everyone else sucks, and I don't care. I just want the grumpy old man. I mean, I do have a massive... List of podcasts on my my thing here. Um, I got a bunch of grilling ones now. Barbecue Central show. Used to hate it, but now I respect it, just because the guy's so over the top. But it's actually quality content. Um, Some NFL stuff, but I just have not done NFL in a long time. But I got I got all of them on here. Pick six NFL, The Ringer NFL, Locked NFL, Draft Dudes Podcast, um, The Athletic Football Show, PFF NFL Daily. Again, I haven't listened to hardly any of these in forever. Move the Sticks, Believe in NFL Draft, College Draft, Premier NFL Draft, blah, 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 all the way down the line. Um, Do have some political ones on here. I'm not going to say which because then people will stop listening. Otherwise, I have a billion different uh, Christian podcasts. Grace to You, uh, I'll Be Honest, which is like Paul Washer stuff, Alpha and Omega, although he's becoming... Almost exclusively political, which is not why I listen to his podcast uh Ligonier, Albert moeller, et cetera, et cetera r c. Sproul, obviously William Lane Craig. It's a huge list, I don't know, so that's that's kind of it I guess football, financial slash pretty much just Dave Ramsey because I don't really haven't really found any other ones I like political and Christian podcasts, and that's that's about it. One more caller. what do you got for us, caller
1: Hey Ryan, uh, my name is Dylan. Hey. Long-time listener. Love the show. Thanks. Uh, my question is about the future of the quarterback position. I actually really liked the Jordan Love pick, but the timing was really weird, you know. There's just a lot of uncertainty about his uh, contract and everything. Like, I was just wondering if there's any if there's ever been any precedent for this, you know. Has this ever happened where a rookie quarterback might play their entire deal without really playing a game? Or like, you know, have a big sample size? And would the Packers be willing to pay him? Uh, with that a lot of people I think dismiss them they're like oh they can't pay Rodgers and love but uh they invested really heavily into him they spent the first and the fourth round pick and they generally invest heavy into the quarterback position so uh do you think they'll pay him if they really like him and uh or a fifth year option what do you think my second question
2: um yeah so the, the the timing is definitely weird um and there's kind of two layers to that part. It, it, it's weird insofar as teams don't usually do that in terms of getting quarterbacks early. They like to wait until it's an emergency and then just suck for 10 years until they find a guy. The Packers don't like to do that. They like to get, you know, if they like a player, they, they take a player, even if it's a quarterback, especially if it's a quarterback, because it's a freaking quarterback. It's the most important position in football. With that said, though, I, I think part of the timing issues has to do with the fact that they didn't expect Rodgers to be here this long. Um, there was not only roger 's declining play, but him kind of being disgruntled, and just generally didn 't expect him to be here as long as he has been especially playing at this high of a level um so on one end of the spectrum there 's we 're just taking him because he 's the best quarterback or the best player, and he happens to be a very important player at quarterback, but they also kind of made it clear that they were potentially looking and would be willing if a quarterback they liked fell and and that was the case here but um so yeah they they got themselves into kind of a weird situation, but um, at this point, it's just, it's moment by moment. You know, it it really just depends what happens. There's a plan if Rodgers leaves this year and love is good. There's a plan if Rodgers leaves this year and love isn't good. There's a plan if Rodgers stays and, and they like love. There's a plan if Rodgers stays and they don't like love. Um, but we don't really have enough answers to any of these questions yet. But I think the bottom line is if if they like love, he stays. I don't think there's any scenario in my mind. I don't care what Rodgers decides to do because they know he won't be here for much longer. Absolute maximum is three years, and I really just don't see him staying that long. And so the bottom line is if they like Jordan Love, he stays, and they will pay him. And I I don't know what that looks like because to to answer your question about precedent, probably, but I have no idea where to even find that um, because it probably hasn't been done for quite a long time because it's just not a thing that teams really do anymore. But again, it really just comes down to if they like Love, he stays. And that's it. So it's the best answer I can give. And, and again, we, we just have a lot of questions that need answering. And so we'll be filling in the blanks slowly over time. Jordan Love is taking a step. I think he's still at a point now where they can't trust him enough to to roll with him or to, to, to pay him. But he is working in that direction. And um, we'll see what happens at the conclusion of this year, I guess. Anyways, thank you guys for calling in. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. Getting a ton of new callers, which I love, and uh, I like hearing from guys that have been listening for a long time. Daryl and and Dylan and everybody else, you guys have been listening to me for a long time, so it's good to hear from you. Anyways, have a good night, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye bye. <laughs>